Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros, and this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imaginovation. I have a very special guest with me here today, and her name is Michaela Alexis, hailing from Ottawa, Canada. Michaela is currently one of North America's most in-demand speakers on topics related to personal branding and social media, particularly LinkedIn. Her journey started in March 2016 when an article she wrote about landing her dream job went viral on LinkedIn. And since then, she has replicated that success with dozens of articles receiving millions of reads featured on the likes of CNBC, BuzzFeed, Success.com, Inc., and much more. And over the past seven years, Michaela has managed the online presence of more than 100 high-profile brands and has garnered millions of views and over 120,000 followers on her personal brand. Michaela also just wrapped up a video marketing book, which will be released this spring. This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Michaela, thanks so much for being with me here today. I really, really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited as well. I think we had a good conversation before um, before we actually went live, but um, it's always good to kind of get comfortable. And I, I love your story and it res- resonates with me in my life as well. And I think it can resonate with a lot of people. And I think you just have some some amazing insight to, to provide. Uh, oh, no, pr- no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> well, thanks again. I, I really appreciate it. I know you're super busy and and always traveling and, and doing all this content that I see all over the place, which we'll talk about in a second. So, so uh, Michael, what really inspired me to reach out to you uh, was essentially, first of all, like I said, I see your content all over LinkedIn and these videos everywhere. And I love your authenticity and just validity and trust that you build. And it's just very honest and raw content. And I know you're speaking at the inbound conference, which is yes. fantastic. And I know you're super yeah. excited about that. And um, if you meet Gary B and all these top top guys, you gotta you gotta hook a brother up here. <laughs> well, you know what's funny? So my very first keynote was at the Sony Center in February, uh, in front of two thousand people after Gary B. And everyone asked me, they're like, "What's Gary B like?" I, I'm like, "I have no idea." I was it was my first keynote. You think I was like <laughs> spending time trying to meet Gary B? I was in the green room, panicking, sweating, and rehearsing. <laughs> so maybe next time. <laughs> no, no worries. I'm sure you're going to meet some amazing people, though. So that's going to be such a such a good experience for you and just learning. And that's so, that's so cool. So, well, really, uh, you know, essentially, like, Michaela, what triggered you? What triggered you to start building your personal brand? How did that? Tell me a little bit about that story. Yeah, I think my personal brand really was born out of frustration being a job seeker and playing by rules that other people told me to follow. So I was laid off. It was um, in winter of 2016, about two years ago. Um, And I was laid off from the startup that I was working at. And I kind of like prepped myself for going through the same thing that you go through every single time, update your resume, send out a gazillion copies and wait for somebody to tell you that you're good enough. And I was like, you know what, I'm a marketer. And if somebody were to ask me, like a brand was to ask me if this was a good strategy to just send out copies of um, your content and see what happens, I would say that's a tail strategy. So what I did is I put a tracking code and people always ask me what tracking code it was. Um, HubSpot has some version of things. Anyways, you can put a red receipt. It's the same sort of thing on each one of my resumes and send it out to 10 companies because I wanted to see how many companies actually were opening my resume. And out of the 10, only one was ever opened. And this is an issue not only from like a strategic standpoint, but also in the fact that as a job seeker, the hardest part of finding work isn't like perfecting your resume or making sure that your communication skills are up to date. Um, It's about confidence and maintaining confidence. And, you know, whether we we believe it or not, if you send out 100 resumes and you get no calls back, you're going to take a hit on your self-esteem and on your confidence. So I was like, no, I need to maintain my confidence. I need to find a better way of approaching this. I mean, at the time, it it seemed really strange that we have all these platforms uh, like LinkedIn, social media has become part of our daily routine. Technology has become part of our daily routine. And yet 
people were still hitting the streets when they needed a job. It doesn't make sense. And so I started basically writing on LinkedIn about marketing and social media and really adapted this approach that I call the show don't tell approach because so many people are like, I'm so good at this. Well, okay. But so are 50 other people. Then they're all saying the same thing. So I wanted to be that person that said, I am a creative marketer and this is how well I market myself. So I created a chocolate bar resume. I started writing articles on LinkedIn. Uh, I spent honestly from the morning, the, the moment I woke up in the morning till the time I went to bed, I was spending time reaching out to people in my community, uh, reaching out to uh, recruiters, reaching out to basically anybody that would connect with me, reaching out to authors and people that I thought um, were doing some work that I wanted to be doing and connecting and, and nurturing those relationships. And finally, I got to a point where I'm like, I think that I can leverage this community to help me find work. So I put out this post on LinkedIn. And I said, for this next gig, I'm not going to send a, a single resume. I'm relying on the community here to help me find my dream job. This is what it looks like. This is what I bring to the table. If anybody knows of anything that kind of fits, then let me know. And what happened next just blew me away because I didn't think a single person cared about who I was or my story, I, I thought maybe, you know, I'll, I'll end up getting a couple leads out of it. And what I found instead was that strangers were reaching out to me saying, we don't have a job opening, but we do have an opening at all times for people that are as bold as you. And I'm like, I didn't think I was doing anything courageous. I was just frustrated. Um, and so I went from being a job seeker that was frustrated to going on honestly like three interviews a day and uh, ended up getting four job offers within two weeks and wrote an article called how I landed my dream job in two weeks on LinkedIn basically to because so many people were like okay where are you interviewing now what happened because I went quiet for a little bit and so it was really written to just update people on on where I was at and um, how I had done what I did and what happened next blew me away because I had been in marketing for a very long time and done the pretty white papers and all of that stuff. And all of a sudden, this thing was going massively viral to the point where I at first thought it was a glitch on my phone because I couldn't open LinkedIn on my phone. And then I tried on desktop and my analytics were just shut down. Like they broke the internet. And I went from, um, you know, a couple hundred followers to uh, 13,000 followers within that week, which is crazy. So, yeah, as a marketer, I, I was like, okay, this thing that took me half an hour to write, I stole memes off the internet. It was completely unpolished. Why did it do so well? And it turns out that regardless of the fact that everyone was saying LinkedIn was this like stale conservative platform, the truth was in the numbers. It was relatable, it was conversational, and it was helpful. And that was really exciting for me because I felt like I had found a place that people were hungry for that kind of truth and honesty uh, and relatability, and it just wasn't on the platform yet. And so I started writing about things like com maintaining confidence throughout the job search, uh, job interviews gone terribly wrong, uh, reporting harassment in the business world, fear of failure, basically all the things that I suspected that I could because I was dealing with them probably other people were too but nobody wanted to talk about and uh it just kind of grew from there I've done a few really fun uh campaigns over the past few years my mug museum that where I asked people to send in their company mugs and I would share them with my network I ended up having to shut down that campaign early because I reached over 250 mugs from companies worldwide nasa sent me a mug i got a mug with my face on it which was very meta um i had one company from the uk that sent me a giant like planter mug uh that was bigger than my face um and i just ended up spending more on the time more time on the phone with fedex and actually doing my job so i had to shut that one down pretty quickly um and then i've done like hashtag let's get honest which was basically the first viral video campaign on LinkedIn and it reached over 26 million users. So um, I've just basically created a community by saying, Hey, nobody else is talking about these things. I'm pretty sure I have a suspicion that other people are dealing with the same challenges in their career that I am and just kind of being open about um, those moments in my life. So kind of, so your personal branding really started a little by accident. 
it, it did. I didn't really know what personal branding was. I just knew that that the old way of doing things was broken. I, I hated the fact that employees, you know, companies were becoming less and less loyal to their employees. And yet employees were still going through this whole thing of you work at a job for a couple of years, you get laid off or you get tired of it. And then a lot of people, what they end up doing is just staying in that role because that to them is better than starting from scratch. I'm like, I don't want to start from scratch. I want to create something that is bigger than who I work for and what I do. I want people to know who I am uh, and build a community around who I am. Gotcha. And it seems like you, you were solving a lot of problems, answering a lot of questions to people. And that probably engaged so many people. I mean, you said millions and millions of, of, of I mean, it reached millions of people. So, I mean, you're, Obviously, you're kind of filling in that gap, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, I knew when I started writing articles on LinkedIn, I looked at up the most popular uh, topics from the year before, and no one really like looks at the research, but the third most popular topic was self-esteem. So I'm like, okay, well, something's not making sense because everyone's telling me that there's like the personal and professional self. And yet the way that we were all consuming content was very different. So I just decided to basically take those, those topics about self-esteem and kind of bring them to the forefront. That's so cool. And, and you know, just in your experience, Mikhail, like what steps or strategies did you essentially execute to create this viral content on LinkedIn and kind of provide that influence and inspiration online? Well, is there any tips or just methods, strategies? Yeah, I think, well, I mean, the beginning is just getting started. It, you have to put out content to, to give feelers, right? Because you might experience something and maybe no one else has dealt with that, but maybe not. And so you kind of have to start putting out content. What I found personally is that I would do articles. I'd write articles and they would all be listicles. Uh, so they would be um, like numbered, like five ways to whatever. And the way the reason that I did that was because I wanted to see which pieces of the article was resonating most with people. So if people were saying, I really liked, you know, there's one that I did and people were talking about um, the title was uh, Make Fear Your uh, Passenger, Never Your Pilot. And people kept referring back to that part of the article. So I'm like, okay, well, this topic is pretty important to people. Let me dive in deeper to that. So in the beginning, it's a lot of experimentation and people will send you messages and, and, and tell you what resonated with them. And it's just about kind of auditing what people are reacting most to and then building it up from there. So I don't, in the beginning, it was tough to kind of figure that out. Now I'm at the point where I know exactly, I know my audience so well, we've, we've been hanging out on LinkedIn for uh, over two and a half years. And they're very honest and very open with me. And I've been able to create that dialogue so that I'm not searching for topics. They're telling me what is important to them. And I'm just addressing those concerns. What about like the type of the, 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 um, the style of messaging? So it seems mm -hmm. like you did a lot, a lot of research and you, you kind of, uh, you have this trial and error approach, which is great because you can't just go out there and think, yeah. oh, I know my exact audience. I mean, no one really knows straight up. Sometimes it takes companies and brands years and years and years to to understand and solidify their audience, right? And then they can they can target that audience effectively. But it's a tough situation okay. sometimes, right? But so it seems like you you did research analysis on your audience. You understand what resonated with them, and then you attacked it. So after that, was did you get into the style of messaging? I mean, you know, video is big now, and I see a lot of your fantastic videos and authentic videos. Or do you think it's still written? Is a lot a lot about written content too, or just more of the style of messaging? Yeah, I think regardless of what format you're putting your content into, you have to, what I call, cover your content in strawberry jelly. So when I was younger, my mom, uh, or I hated pills. So my mom would take the pills and she would put them in strawberry jelly and she would spoon feed it to me. So every time I'm writing content, I'm always thinking about how I can deliver that more, more effectively. And I try to write with as much humility as possible, meaning that I'm not going to tell you how to live your life or what you should be doing. I'm going to share my struggle, my journey, and I'm going to share the lessons that I learned through that journey. 
So it's all about kind of incorporating those storytelling techniques, whether it's applying humor, uh, relatability, uh, uh, surprise, suspense, all of those classic storytelling techniques that have existed since the beginning of time and applying them to your overall message. Because it's not enough, you know, there's people that are like, it's all about being authentic. Well, yes and no. I mean, it's important to tell your story, but at the end of the day, it's not about you. It's about the person that's reading your story. So you can't just share the what, you also have to share the so what or the what and the why. You know, what you share what it is that you went through and why it matters to the person that's reading it. And I think 99% of the people that are not getting the type of ROI that they're hoping for are missing one piece or the other. They're either sharing their story, but they're not sharing any lessons that they've learned or um, how others can do the same, or they're sharing uh, the why, meaning they're sharing what the person should be doing with their life, but they're not sharing how they've gotten to that conclusion. I see. I see. Yeah. I, I see that a lot. Um, actually, that's such a great point. I mean, because I, I see a lot of storytelling and storytelling is very effective. Like you said, it has an impact, but it's, it's also getting very saturated. There's a lot of storytelling going on. And you know that even on Facebook, everyone has a story, they're sharing it and, and they want people to resonate with it, but it's, it's not, it's not always, it's not just about yourself. you got to pour out these lessons and do it with humility, not do it with, and the right, and I, I talk about this in a lot of my episodes is about intent and motive behind, about, behind your message and behind your content and even behind your brand and company. Why did you start this? Why are you doing this? Why are you putting out this content? And it has to, you have to teach these lessons to people because people want to learn from you. They don't just want to hear your story. They actually want to take something from it, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think a good rule of thumb is always start with why. I mean, that's Simon Sinek's thing, but it's true. I mean, anything that you're creating, I, I, I talk to clients all the time and they'll talk about, I really want to create uh, content or I really want to optimize my profile. And I have to kind of rein them in say, why? Why, why do you want to create content? Why do you want to create videos? Because we can get really caught up in all of this stuff too. Like you see the shiny new thing, which right now is LinkedIn video. And people are like, no, I need to create video. But if you're super awkward on video, you're really uncomfortable, but you're a great writer, then that, that might not be the space for you. So it's all about, okay, well, why do you want to do video? Is it to reach people on a different level? Are you already creating content and want to reach a new audience that might not be consuming uh, articles? But you need to figure out what kind of um, lessons you want to um, deliver, whether it's through education, you want to inspire, motivate, um, whatever it may be. But you shouldn't just create content for content's sake. I mean, even myself, I love creating content. But at the end of the day, it has to go back to my business goals. What am I trying to achieve? Yeah, exactly. And it seems like your dog agrees as well. I love it. <laughs> like I said, they're, they're my, my background sound no, kind of all times. <laughs> it kind of barks at the, at the time where you need it. Um, so in your experience, kind of guiding and directing brands regarding their content and marketing, how do you, I mean, Michaela, how, how do you leverage your personal brand with your company without creating brand clutter and confusion mm. in your audience, you know, cause sometimes I see, uh, I mean, with me, I own, I own a company and we have this podcast, but you gotta, I always make sure that I don't create confusion between the podcast right. and with, with the company, you know, you gotta combine them right. somewhat, somehow, you know, unless that's your goal is not to combine them, but how do you really leverage your own brand with a company that you're building as well? Mm -hmm. So, well, two things. The first thing is that sometimes people think like their personal brand needs to be so closely aligned with the company that they work for, that they need to have calls to action and they need to be super salesy with their personal brand. And that really is not the case. So when I was working, um, when I landed my dream job at uh, grade A two years ago, what I noticed really quickly is that every single time I would post an article uh, or I post an update, even if I didn't mention grade A, even if it had nothing to do with the company at all, we would see a spike in the website traffic and also on the company page. So it's important to remember that the trust that you can establish in your audience 
that trust is very transferable to the brand that you work for, whether or not they are aligned. Um, and and that, that, that to me is really freeing because it kind of like releases this pressure to always make sure that you're perfectly in line with the company that you work for. Uh, the second thing is that a lot of people don't consider um, company pages on LinkedIn. This is something that's very new for me, so I'm really excited to talk about it. So when I left the corporate world to become a solopreneur, I was faced with this issue because I'm like, well, technically I haven't incorporated my company yet, but I'm trying to set myself up as a business. So what do I do on LinkedIn? And I created a company page and the way that I use my company page, and you can take a look afterwards if anyone wants to see an example, and I don't see a lot of people doing this at all, is it's kind of a hybrid between a company page and a personal brand. So I'll still, I'll share um, any events that I'm going to be speaking at. It still has that friendly Michaela approach and it's actually called Michaela Alexis, but it is a business. And I use that to house my training videos. And the reason that I created that page to house like my LinkedIn specific content is because my, on my personal brand, not everybody that's following me cares about that stuff, right? I still do like my uh, career advice. Um, I'll share things that I'm passionate about. Uh, I write my articles. They're not necessarily directly tied to LinkedIn training, but I still want to set myself up as a LinkedIn expert because I, I truly believe I am. And so how do I approach that? Creating the company page is really great for that because not only do you have that separation between the two, but actually there's, there's a couple things. You can share um, messages from your company brand onto your personal brand when you feel like it's relevant for your audience. The second thing is that on your company page, you can directly target specific people. I'm all about being super, super niche with your messages. So if you want to speak about um, how, let's say, legal firms, how legal firms can use uh, LinkedIn, or uh, let's say lawyers, lawyers in particular can use LinkedIn. If I write a post or I do a video on my company page, I can actually choose them as an audience to send that message to, which to me is is like so brilliant. And you can't do that on your personal page. So I don't know if that like completely answers your question. That's just kind of how I've approached it. And I can't believe how amazing it's been. Like I, I'm at um, 2,000 followers on my personal brand page in a month. Jeez. That, that, that's, yeah. I, I love the detail that you get into it. And I'll, I'll interview some people on the podcast and I'll add, ask them specific questions, but they'll give me very high level um, answers kind of thing. You know, they won't give me – because so, there's, there's secret sauce to a lot of different tactics and strategies, right? And they don't want to sometimes give it out to, you know, to a huge audience, but – um, I love the level of detail that you get into it. And, and yeah, this is, this is great. Looking fun. Well, I think, I think that there's this fear of giving things away. Yeah. Um, and I've definitely had that fear, but at the same time, um, from what I've seen, you know, I do free training. Um, I offer all sorts of free things to the point that I, I'm at a place where if you really wanted to absolutely crush it on LinkedIn, you can look up most of my stuff and do it on your own. But that has never been the case as far as I know. Those are people that, you know, we're, we're so bombarded with people that are telling us that we're, they are experts in whatever they are, but they're not willing to show what they know. And I'm about all about showing what I know, and I'm all about action too. So it's nice to talk theory and about how things work. But at the end of the day, let, let's get down to business and let's start making things happen. Yeah. I mean, if you give, 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 you will receive and you're, you're leveraging I mean, you the trust that you're building, the authenticity, the, you know, the stories, and it's resonating with a lot of people, like I said before. So when you have that trust, at least what I believe you have that trust, when people start to trust you, they're going to start to trust your brand, you know, cause you're the, really the face of the brand, right? So you're the face of the company mm -hmm. and they'll start to say, Oh, you know, what? I, I like, I know this, I know this woman, I, I see her, her seems very just honest and raw in the content. And I want to reach out to her. I, I think we might, we, I think we can use her help. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> and this goes into my next question. So monetization, right? We all want to, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, we, we need to, we need to put it on the table. We need to pay bills. We need to make the company money. Life's not just about money, of course, absolutely. But you need to, like I said, pay bills. So with that being said, when you have, when you're building this personal brand and you even, and you even have a company aside of that as well, how do you monetize that on LinkedIn? Cause we don't, not all of us want to, uh, uh, do pay-per-click marketing on, on LinkedIn. I know LinkedIn no, paid. It's expensive. Paid, right. Yeah. So go, go ahead with that. 
so I think that my approach has always, I'm like all organic, team organic. <laughs> I love using organic um, content. I think that, you know, if you can reach out to people that have already been following you for years and give them a high value, that is the best place to be. I've always used storytelling when it comes to sales, even for my personal brand. So uh, a good example is one post that I did um, a couple of years ago on my personal brand page where I was talking about creating the brand, the uh, values for um, Grade A Digital. So I was like writing the mission. And so I wrote the whole story about, you know, it was five or eight o'clock on a Friday night. My husband was asking if he should send a sleeping bag to the office, but I needed to figure out what was going to drive the company forward. And I finally got it. And then I shared um, the values and then I added a call to action saying, uh, what are your values? What do you stand for? And from the outside, it seemed like the, it, it was a story. But from a sales perspective, it was saying, these are the values of the company that I'm building. Are these also your values? Because if these are your values, then we should get in touch. And it was also um, calling other people to share their values so that I know how to approach them when I finally speak to them and um, if they do become leads. So, and that post was insane. Like the number of leads that ended up hitting my, my inbox. And I, I truly believe that if you do a good enough job when it comes to storytelling and, and asking also, like, don't be afraid to add calls to action. I was afraid of that for the first few months of writing. So I would write an article and then I would leave it because I'm like, I'm an artist. I don't do calls to action. I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to be pushy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I started to realize that I was doing my audience a, dis a disservice because when people like and trust you they're gonna want more of you and you know it's your job as a creator to lead them to the next step otherwise they're kind of left on their own uh, and you're not driving that conversation so if you write an article you should be telling them what to do next um, if you're using an article to drive leads then you should tell them what the next step is to set up a consultation or a phone call uh, and that's okay to do also in LinkedIn posts just make sure again that you're providing value because if if the whole thing is just then it's not a great approach um, the best way to think of it is you know LinkedIn is and all social media is a handshake not a sales pitch so if you can shake someone's hand tell them your story tell them what you stand for and then tell them how you can do business together that's a winning combination so um, it seems strange to say, yes, if you do this, if you have the right content and you're providing value that you're going to have leads in your inbox, that's been the case for me for the past two years. So that's my approach. That's so cool. And what are your thoughts on getting all these direct messages for sales? Isn't it, do you, does it, does it, be honest, does it get a little bit annoying? I get tons of them just like, oh. You know, the automated ones? Oh, good. I feel like it's getting worse all of a sudden. Like people are um, sending in mails on LinkedIn. So you're not even connected to them. I had one guy and he sent me a sales pitch via in mail. And then he sent me a follow up message saying, how come you haven't responded to my last message? And I was like, mm. oh, gosh, it's so ballsy. I mean, I, re I, I respect other people's hustles. You know, it, it, you do what you got to do. But I just don't think it's effective. It's not an effective way to do business. For me, it's been all about nurturing business relationships, sharing value. What I love about a lot of the content that I'm creating is that the questions that my, um, my leads have, so, you know, the difference between um, regular LinkedIn and LinkedIn premium, the difference between a connection and a follower, I'm in a place now where they can send me those questions or they can ask me on the phone and I can send them uh, videos that I've created on those topics. Um, and that's just a great value for them. It's a great way to kind of um, build up that trust and that relationship with them. So I think that's a better approach. Um, we talked about it before before this call, but having FAQs just sitting collecting dust on your your website is totally ineffective that's assuming that your uh, leads are going to just show up on your website well why not use social media as a handshake and start addressing those concerns right off the bat if you know that there are things that pop up again and again and again with the people that you're speaking to then you should be taking every opportunity possible to proactively address those concerns yeah. And we also talked about uh, a little bit before uh, we went live is that, that business is shifting, right, Michaela? It's really shifting because if you notice, there's a, I feel like people have been quote unquote screwed over and there's a lot of 
there's a there's a big lack of trust um and people have been dishonest i'm sure you've been we'll talk about challenges and struggles in, in a little bit but we've all um had to go through adversity we've all had to go through through tough t- tough challenges in achieving our goals and trying to be successful and trying to inspire and help people and so on and so forth and it's just um there's been a lot of uh just like i said dishonesty so i feel like when you provide this content um, with you, let's just say you trying to help people on LinkedIn and you get paid for that. That's amazing. But you're also in a way you're, you're resonating with a lot of people that need help and need assistance and need, need inspiration, need insight. And you're doing it in an approach that as we, as I I keep mentioning this to you is very authentic and trustworthy. And that I, I really love people who do that. We, I talked about, uh, I talked with, uh, Fabio Marama, and uh, Jay Bayer about this and Sean Stevenson about this. And they all agree. It's just so business is really changing now. It's yeah. not, that's why it's, it's not good to just be salesy and just try to get people's money. It's, it's not, it's not 30 years ago. Things are changing now. People are really, they're, they're, they're um, portraying their struggles. If you notice that they're really talking about their challenges. Well, I think it's all about being different from the crowd. I'm all about standing out and finding ways to stand out. So if I look at my inbox right now, I have a whole bunch of messages of people uh, asking or demanding my attention. And so I want to be different. I want to be that person that gives uh, without any expectations in return. Um, Because when you do that, you are going to stand out in in a sea of competition. I like to use the, the phrase, treat every single LinkedIn connection, whether they are a student or a CEO exactly the same because uh, it's interesting when I first started on LinkedIn my main audience was job seekers because I wrote a lot of articles about the job search um, and I was a job seeker so people were kind of watching me to see what happened next and what I found is that a lot of those job seekers guess what they found jobs right and and those people became clients down the road and you know, if you're too close-minded thinking, okay, well, I'm not going to just connect with anybody or I'm going to connect with only people that I know or people that have prestigious job titles. Well, things change, first of all. And, uh, you know, those people that you're brushing off because they are not worth your time, well, eventually they could be clients. And I mean, you should be nice to people regardless, but um, I just think it's really misguided to think that that you should only speak to certain people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like what you just said, I, I think that is portrayed in a lot of the content that you're putting out. And and I, I mean, I see that and you could see millions of people see that. And that's that's taking your brand to another level, right? Just the way you're portraying yourself. I, I hope so. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I, I want to create something that I'm proud of. Um, I want to be true to myself. So, uh, you know, if I write content and it, it means that I'm, I'm not going to have a million followers and all of these huge brand deals, uh, that's totally fine with me because, again, I'm always thinking about legacy and, and what do you want to leave behind? And for me, it's just about living life bravely and with integrity. And um, I think that there, again, like we've talked about it, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of integrity in business. I've seen both sides. I've been the the employee. I've been the employer. Um, and it's messy. And um, I, I want to bring some heart to business. You should quote that. Bring heart to business. <laughs> oh man! So you know, I mean, I mean, many of us in business are we're we're all creating consistent content and trying to create influence and be. I call it I call it inspirationalist. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but Michaela, like, what are your thoughts on the different? You know, there's so many different social platforms now. So, what are your thoughts on the different social platforms and how do you find which one suits you better in building? that personal or even company brand because it's so sad yeah. now. You know what I mean? I look at Facebook yeah. so much. It's, it's all baby photos and it's all, it's yeah. changing. You, have you noticed that? It's just really changing. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that, you know, a lot of people will get concerned because they're like, well, I'm late to the game. Like I hear that all the time about YouTube. I hear that about Facebook. I hear that about all sorts of platforms. And to me, it's not about the number. Your voice and your story is completely different than anybody else's. And that is your unique value. And if you truly believe that, I I do believe that you can succeed on any platform. Um, That said, it's really about where you're most comfortable. For me, I am a writer first. I do video, but I'm a writer first. And LinkedIn was a place, I mean, I'm a nerd. I'm a huge dork. Uh, 
uh, I would rather sit inside on a, on a Sunday. I actually do this. I unplug and I spend the entire day listening to podcasts and reading. That is my idea of paradise. Um, when I was little, my mom was like constantly trying to get me to go outside and be like a normal kid, but I wanted to read. I was like reading when I was eight, I was reading, um, biographies of, of, male Russian ballet dancers. Like I'm so weird like that. But uh, so LinkedIn was where my tribe was. Those were the people that were also reading nonfiction books that wanted to learn and grow. I was obsessed with learning. I loved university so much that I stayed for six years. Um, and so those are where my people are. So it really depends on, on what your vibe is, um, what you enjoy doing, because none of this should feel like work. Because all you're doing is just sharing who you are and, and what matters to you with the world. And so if it feels like work, you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, but in terms of the different platforms, I think LinkedIn is a really great space if you want to kind of set yourself up, up as a thought leader and share some value via education and motivation and inspiration. Um, I, I think the community is actually really lovely because there's you can't be anonymous on the platform. So you have your name, you have your title, you have where you work. So I find that people are a little bit more kind on the platform. Um, uh, Instagram is a space that I really, really love. Not so much for the the regular feed, but for link for Instagram stories. Um, that's a really great space for me to kind of fill in the gap. So I'll go and I'll do a speaking gig. But what about everything that happened before I hit the stage? I like to use Instagram stories to kind of share the behind the scenes moments so that people can can see what I go through to get to those points. So I kind of use that to fill in the gaps. Um, Twitter is really great if you love conversation. It scares the crap out of me. I will not lie to you. Um, I try to insert as much value as I can on that platform, but it is still a struggle. Uh, and then Pinterest is another one that I'm really looking forward to learning more about. Uh, I've had a bunch of friends recently that have told me about how much business are generating through the platform. And it's businesses that you wouldn't expect either. Uh, real estate agents, uh, insurance agents, um, accountants. So I think that's a really great space to explore as well. So cool. And I, I really started to love YouTube in terms of adding videos and mm -hmm. I love the platform and just the, it's so cool, but it, yeah, they're all incredibly uh, saturated, but yeah, I, I don't think it's too late to get in it and, and reach a lot of people. I think it just comes down to, I think your message and, and just the, like, you know, your, the goals you're trying to reach and, and the style of the message I think is important and the authenticity behind it, the purpose, the reason behind it. And, and there's just a lot of moving parts, but uh, I mean, there's so much opportunity out there, I think, to reach people on a, on a really high level, you know? Oh, for sure. Just, I mean, the, the key is just have fun. Yeah. Just be yourself, have fun, talk about things that you care about and, and everything will take care of itself. I think that when we start putting pressure on ourselves, like if I were to, if I knew when I wrote my first uh, LinkedIn article that I would be where I am today, I would have never posted. Because for me, you know, I, I used to have agoraphobia. I am terrified on stage. I'm much better now. Um, but I wouldn't have done all these things because I, I liked my quiet little life. But but do it and have fun. And, and I wouldn't trade what I'm doing now for the world because it's amazing. Um, but don't put pressure on yourself being like, I need to hit X amount of followers. I need to do just just focus on helping one person and watch how things unfold. Because as soon as I started to, uh, to change my intentions, uh, that's when I really started to see myself grow online. So when you have a, a company that reaches out to you and they say, you know, Michael, I, I want you to kind of guide us in terms of how to really build that authenticity and validity, trust, credibility behind our videos or content. W what do you tell them? Is it kind of just what you mentioned to me or where, do you have like certain processes or certain, you know, times of the, um, the, the day that you post or, or is there just certain strategies that you'll guide? I would say, I mean, any, even, even startups to large companies. I, I think that from an out, it's, it's much easier to bring in a consultant than to do it yourself. I will say that much because they can usually see something that you can't see. So when it comes to being authentic and being real online, um, I let people talk. I just listen because 
you can't force being authentic. That's not kind of, that's such a weird thing. And yet so many companies are that that is a question that comes up. How can we be more authentic online? Um, and I'm like, well, number one, don't have a strategy for being authentic. Um, and so I just listen, I listen to what's important to them. I listen to their story. I listen to um, the, the characters in their story. I listen to uh, employees talk about the company. And then I incorporate that into a strategy itself, because that is authentic. That is what is really happening that's all that's all that authenticity is what is really happening in the company um and and pulling those stories that are on the grassroots level so in terms of authenticity that would kind of be my that that's my strategy for being authentic is just just listening um and if you're a leader and you don't want to bring in a consultant then spend some time listening to, to people in your, your, um, your group. Because I think that I know for myself, being a leader in my own company, it was really hard to see what the company was all about from my perspective, because I'm so deeply entrenched in it. But somebody that you hire that's new might give you a totally different perspective and might be the key to building that authenticity online. Yeah, yeah. And is there any like, and I asked Fabio uh, Marama this a little bit, is, are, do you have any you know, tricks or anything in regards to like create like the video side of it. So creating videos, receive high engagement on LinkedIn or YouTube, Facebook. So, and what I mean by that is it, you have to have like a, you know, I've seen some people that have these intros for all their videos. You don't think it's needed. You think it's just, just film it on your iPhone, be very raw with it. Or, or how do you feel, what do you feel about that? I think that again, it, it all goes back to your personality. If you have this like spark of inspiration and you want to shoot a video, then shoot a video. Um, don't listen to somebody like me that's going to tell you how you should do something because I have no idea what's going to work for you. Um, I know for myself personally, I have two different methods. So if I'm doing my training videos, I like them to be more polished. I'm, I'm even working on bringing on more, upgrading my video equipment to make it a little bit cleaner and a little bit more professional. So I do have an intro for my training videos. Um, and that just allows me to reach a different audience in a different way. It's just a reminder to them that I can also be professional every once in a while. Um, and then when it comes to my personal brand stuff, what I do is I'll take topics that I'm really interested in. Um, so I'm trying to think of one. Uh, uh, like I did one recently on fear of regret. So about this um, story of my grandma who never really lived outside of her comfort zone and really had a lot of regret about that before she passed. And I did that square format video, the bars on the, the, the top and the bottom, um, made sure that everything was captioned appropriately so that people could watch it on their mobile without having to turn on the sound. Um, so that And, and the, those ones are always around two to three minutes, where my training videos are about five minutes each. So that's just what works for me. That's what I enjoy shooting. That feels right for me. Um, but that was a struggle for me because, I, again, I am a writer. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm never going to be like some of the people that you probably interviewed. I don't have a film crew. <laughs> I don't have a producer. Um, I'm not willing to, to put in the time to learn the ins and outs of video. It's not my thing. There are people that are always going to be much better at it than me. But what is my unique value? Well, I am a storyteller. So how can I effectively storytell on video without losing my mind trying to figure out the production side of things? Gotcha. Gotcha. And yeah, no, I think that's uh, that's awesome insight. Yeah, no, I absolutely love it. And, and we talked a little bit about this before, Michaela's in regards to challenges and struggles, and uh, talking about there's a bit of a lack of trust and mm -hmm. uh, people being honest. But to dive a little bit deeper, what in, in regards to your personal branding journey, did you? What were some of the, the the toughest struggles you had to go through, and and how did you essentially overcome them? Oh gosh, I think pro I mean I've had a few when I first started writing um I've had some really hard times on LinkedIn. Um there was one time where I had just announced that I was thinking about writing an article about tackling negativity on the platform. And that was like really surprising to me because it was a real big trigger for a lot of people. Um there was nothing uh controversial in the the update itself but it seemed to trigger a lot of people that were uh, frankly negative people um and I started getting death threats um wow. yeah it was really really bad and I I made the mistake of showing people that were close to me like what was going on 
and like my business partner and my husband and everybody around me was like, just stop writing. Like, is this worth it? Please just stop writing. Um, and I didn't, I actually used that as an opportunity to discuss that in the actual article and how, how I, how I dealt with it personally and, um, how I used that as, um, a way to really examine the things that were bothering me and the triggers that I had. And, um, you know, why did this comment bother me versus, um, another comment and things like that. And then I realized over time that, um, people that love you, you really shouldn't ask them for their opinion too much because they're always going to try to protect you. So, um, if I had constantly asked for permission to write articles, I probably wouldn't have written past the first three. And so now I kind of, I, I will write and then ask for forgiveness afterwards because it, I have to believe that it's, um, in my heart that this is something that's of value that I need to share with the world. Um, and then the other one is when I made the switch from, um, the corporate world to solopreneurship. Uh, that was a really big challenge because not only did I need to come to the conclusion, make that decision for myself and explain it to my friends and family, but I also needed to share that news with uh, over 120,000 people. And that is not easy to say, I thought that this was my dream job and I'm sorry to let you down, but it's not. Um, and I got, I got mostly it was positive, but it was hard. I also filmed the entire thing. I filmed when I made the decision. I filmed, um, after I had the conversation with my CEO, I filmed myself, um, packing up my office because I am not willing to just turn off the camera when things get hard. That's not what I signed up for. I promised people in the beginning that I would show the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if I'm willing to put out the happy milestones and all of the awards that I win and the, the speaking gigs that I get, then I better be willing to share the auditions that I fail and um, when my career kind of falls apart as well. So that, that was tough because I did have people that reached out to me saying that they were disappointed that um, because I had mentioned that it was my dream job and it just didn't turn out that way. Um, so I, I really did feel like I was accountable. So that was one of those moments that I was like, oh, this is this is the other side of all the great, you know, because it's wonderful to have this community of people that have your back and, and um, uh, support you along the way. Uh, but when you do disappoint them, then you also are accountable to share why you make the decisions that you do. So that's pretty tough. Love it. Yeah. That, that what you just said resonates with me so much because I'm really like that. I if, if there's some, I can't just show the successes. I want to show the. I want to be. I want to show people some vulnerability. I won't do it all the time, but sometimes I like to show that, especially when I see you. Like for example, if you know, if we ever meet face to face, you say, "How was your day?" I want to say, "I mean, it was okay. It's been it's been kind of tough. This is kind of what we're going through. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I'll be honest with you, and that shows I'm. I'm, I'm real. I'm not just, have, I don't have this cover, you know? Yeah. I think that as humans, we all have that responsibility to, to be a little bit more honest, you know, social media came along and like, I think it's done atrocious things to people where they're constantly scrolling through their, their feeds and looking at where other people are vacationing, the people that have gotten promotions, how perfect everyone's families are. Uh, when really that's not the case for any of us. Like those are the, mm -hmm. those are the highlights. And, uh, that person that, that has had a good day now feels like they are just not good enough. And I just don't think that that's right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. So I always ask the last three uh, questions. I call it the three hows. <laughs> and it's how do you define failure? How do you define entrepreneurship? And how do you define success? Okay, so let me start with the first one because I have a really bad memory. <laughs> so I define failure in uh, living your life with shoulds. So uh, if you are just following what other people tell you you should do or should want or should need, then to me, that's a failure. That's a failure for me personally when I live that way. And what was the second one? Uh, entrepreneurship and then success. Okay, uh, how would I define entrepreneurship. Um, so I'm going to use an example of something that my business partner told me not long ago. So he said that entrepreneurship is like being on the highway. He's really into analogies. So I apologize. <laughs> uh, being on the highway and everyone is stuck in traffic. And the entrepreneur sees this like the, the 
this lane on the, the shoulder of the road and nobody else seems to see it, but he's like, no, that that's, that's probably a lane. Um, and they'll probably end up getting busted by the cops or something like that. But they're the, uh, the people that see, see what everyone else doesn't. And I've definitely experienced that myself where people around me seem to think that I am absolutely insane, uh, because, you know, letting go of like the salary and, and prestige and all of this stuff that comes with corporate America to, or corporate Canada, I should say, um, to pursue my dreams seems a little nuts, but I'm, I'm totally led by purpose. I see something that other people don't see yet. Um, and I will spend my whole life convincing them to see what I see. Uh, Steve Jobs said that, remember Steve Jobs said that with, with being an entrepreneur or owning any type of business, you have to be a little bit insane. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, there's, you can't be an entrepreneur without taking risks. So, um, I'm, I'm taking probably the biggest risk of my life and, um, it's terrifying, but it's also the most, uh, I'm, I'm a reluctant entrepreneur. I'm not one of those people that like was born being like, I want to be like Steve Jobs. No, not at all. So, um, but now I feel so led by my purpose that I, I have no other choice. And what was the third question? And, uh, how do you define success? Oh, uh, so I mean, I guess I would define success in the opposite way of the uh, how I defined uh, failure. I think success is spending every day living life on your own terms, uh, doing things that people say you can't do, uh, and being as true to yourself as possible. And I think learning, if you can spend every single day learning for the rest of your life, uh, I don't think that there's any greater joy. Maybe I'm just really into learning, but um, to me, that that kind of shows that you're doing things that are outside of your comfort zone. Fantastic. Everyone that interview, they always have some are similar answers, but I've heard some really, really unique answers for those last three questions. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep asking them. <laughs> to everyone yes, that I interview. You should put together like a white paper or a, a blog post of because I'm interested. I love it. You're already thinking. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, sorry. That's the marketer side of me. where can everyone find you um so on my website nickalexis.com on instagram if you're interested in seeing the gory messy behind the scenes of my career uh at uh nickalexis um on twitter nickalexis and then on uh linkedin is where i spend the majority of my time, of course. Uh, it's just Michaela Alexis. It's just Michael with an A, Alexis. Fantastic. Michaela, this has been amazing. Thank you so, so much for being on the podcast. And like I said, it's just been it's been a great, uh, great time talking to you and getting to know you. And I hope we stay connected. And uh, I hope that people learn from this. This has been amazing. Thank you Me so much. Too. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. So much fun. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, everybody, this is Michael Giorgio from Tales from the Pros. And until next time, thanks. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for watching Tales from the Pros. Please subscribe to our YouTube page and also follow our social media. Uh, there are links somewhere around here. But uh, we really appreciate it, guys. Thanks for all the support. And I'm going to be giving you awesome content continuously. And we look forward to seeing you soon.